Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast, brought to you by RTL Today. My name's Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our first series. Today we're seeking to explain why Luxembourg became such a strategically important military fortress in early modern history. We'll look into the origins of the Habsburg conflict with France, explore how the duchy fared during two centuries of warfare, and end with a look at Louis XIV's occupation of Luxembourg. We hope you'll enjoy the podcast. From 1482 to 1795, the Duchy of Luxembourg, with only short interruptions, was the property of the Habsburg family, who weren't always the brightest bunch. This wasn't great for Luxembourg, as it embroiled the territory in an almost endless series of conflicts between the Habsburgs and the French. So why did Luxembourg become such a constant theatre of war? Well, we first need to understand the origins of the Franco-Habsburg rivalry which dominated the period. The Habsburg family, through wise marriages and the careful accumulation of lands, had come to dominate most of present-day Austria, Czechia and Hungary by the mid-15th century. This had made them extremely influential in the Holy Roman Empire, and once Frederick III was crowned Holy Roman Emperor in 1452, the family would hold on to the title until 1742. On the other hand, the Valois dynasty had finally wrested control over France away from the British by the end of the Hundred Years' War in 1453. This left the Kingdom of France ready to expand on the continent. But, as we've previously explored, by the time Charles V turned 19 in 1519, he had inherited the Habsburg crown lands in the Holy Roman Empire, Spain, the Netherlands, including Luxembourg, and parts of Burgundy. The Kingdom of France was thus encircled on every side by Habsburg lands, and this could only lead to war, which would last on and off for about 250 years. So how did the conflict actually take place? Well, the primary battleground between the Valois and the Habsburgs in the early 16th century was Italy. The Italian wars were a series of conflicts over the future of the Italian peninsula that lasted from 1494 to 1559. The nominal issue was over ownership of the Duchy of Milan, but this was in reality both a geopolitical conflict between rival dynasties and a personal vendetta. Francis I, the ruler of France between 1515 and 1547, really hated Charles V, to whom he had lost the election for King of Germany in 1520. On top of this, in 1526, Francis had been captured by Charles V's soldiers and imprisoned in Madrid. Francis was so determined to get back at Charles V that in 1536 he established an alliance with the Muslim Ottoman Emperor Suleiman the Magnificent, which was highly controversial at this time. The period saw conflict reach Luxembourg, which was in a vulnerable position as the southern end of the Habsburg Netherlands. Francis was apparently a big admirer of the old house of Luxembourg and he wanted the title of Duke of Luxembourg for himself, so in 1542 he sent French troops under his son to capture the fortress. And the events of 1542-44 show that Luxembourg was initially quite vulnerable as a military fortification. Setting up their artillery on the heights of what is now Kirchberg, the French managed to bombard the town into submission, destroying much of the old town in the process, including the old abbey of Munster. The French troops were chased out after two weeks but returned in 1543 until the fortress was finally recaptured by Charles V's forces after a long siege in 1544. And with events in Italy proving more important, Francis abandoned his efforts to take Luxembourg. But the French would be back before long. Charles V abdicated in 1556, leaving the Netherlands and Luxembourg to his son, the Spanish King Philip II. The rivalry between the Habsburgs and the French actually subsided for a time, as everyone decided to take a break from blowing each other to bits in foreign wars and focus on blowing each other to bits in religious civil wars instead. Martin Luther had himself blown Christianity apart with his 95 Theses in 1517, and the consequences would be keenly felt for the next few centuries. 
Between 1562 and 1598, France collapsed into a series of civil wars, known collectively as the French Wars of Religion, which included the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre of Protestants in 1572. Meanwhile, in 1568, the Dutch Revolt broke out against Habsburg rule in the Spanish Netherlands, beginning an 80 years war of independence. During this period, Luxembourg was heavily fortified by its Spanish Habsburg rulers under Governor Peter Ernest von Mansfeld. The fortress at Luxembourg was reinforced, while a whole network of fortified towns and castles was set up around the duchy, including at Arlon and Verton, which are now in Belgium, as well as Montmédy and Thionville, which are now in France. Under von Mansfeld, Catholic Luxembourg did not join the mostly Protestant Dutch revolt. Instead, it became one of the centres of resistance to the Dutch. With France recovering under the new Bourbon King Henry IV, it decided to pursue a policy of weakening the Habsburgs wherever it could, without openly declaring war. The obvious way to do this was to support the Dutch rebels, and Luxembourg thus came under attack from all sides. The Spanish Habsburg rulers poured in mercenaries to fight against the Dutch, and the countryside was ravaged by armed men who did not care at all about the local populations. The fortress of Luxembourg itself came under siege briefly in 1593 and 1597, while Franco-Dutch forces took Montmédy, Verton and Echternach. A brief truce under the happy reign of Isabella, Clara, Eugenia and Albert, sovereigns of the Netherlands, ended by 1621, and the Dutch revolt now became part of the wider Thirty Years' War of 1618 to 1648, which engulfed the whole of Europe. Luxembourg once again faced constant warfare between Spanish mercenaries, Dutch rebels and French troops, with its villages being pillaged and an estimated two-thirds of the population dying of famine and plague. To top it all off, the French, now under Louis XIII and his minister Richelieu, decided to make the conflict with the Habsburgs official again, beginning the Franco-Spanish War of 1635-59. The Treaty of Westphalia in 1648 brought the Thirty Years' War and the Dutch Revolt to an end, but the Franco-Spanish conflict continued to rage to the detriment of the Luxembourgish population until the 1659 Treaty of the Pyrenees produced a feeble peace. Under the terms of this 1659 treaty, the exhausted Duchy of Luxembourg suffered its first partition, losing Montmédy and Thionville to the French. But the Franco-Habsburg conflict was far from over, and the later stages of the 17th century would see none other than the Sun King Louis XIV of France invade and occupy Luxembourg. So who was this man who would dominate Europe for the next half a century? Well, the birth of Louis XIV was actually considered a minor miracle. His mother had had four stillborn children between 1619 and 1631, and Louis thus earned the nickname Dieudonné, or God-given, when he appeared in 1638. His childhood was not easy, however. He became king at the age of four after the death of his father Louis XIII, and during his early years, the French nobility rose against his mother, the regent, in the Fronde Civil War. Louis came of age in 1651, but he largely left the administration of France to his advisor, Cardinal Mazarin, who concluded the Treaty of the Pyrenees in 1659, under the terms of which Louis married Maria Theresa of Spain. After the death of Cardinal Mazarin in 1661, though, Louis assumed the governance of France and quickly began to centralise power enormously, while also building a little palace for himself at Versailles. Having come of age, it was now time for Louis to wage war on the whole of Europe, which he would do for the next 50 years. Louis's first step was to improve his position in Flanders, attacking the Spanish Netherlands under the War of Devolution in 1667-68. He then abandoned the traditional alliance with the Dutch against the Habsburgs and attacked them during the Franco-Dutch War of 1672-78. Under the 1678 Treaties of Nijmegen, France won control over further territories from the Spanish Netherlands, including Cambrai, Valenciennes and Maubeuge. And then Louis got really sneaky. 
The specific borders of the 1678 treaty were never well delineated, so Louis resorted to legal means to argue that great swathes of land now belonged to him, including the whole of Luxembourg. The so-called War of the Reunions thus began in 1681 with the French entering Strasbourg, and by 1682 Louis had ordered his troops to begin besieging the fortress of Luxembourg. With the Ottomans at the gate of Vienna, however, it was felt to be wrong for France to be attacking the Habsburgs, so the siege was actually lifted for a while, but in December 1683 the conflict began again, properly, as Spain declared war on France and the French troops began to bombard Luxembourg. Who was at the helm for the French during this siege of Luxembourg? Well, it was none other than the great French military engineer whose name is still plastered all over the city. That's right, the Marquis de Vauban. The siege began in April 1684 and saw extremely heavy fighting between the French and the Spanish garrison in the fortress. After holding out for the whole of May, the Spanish forces were eventually forced to capitulate in early June. The French had lost some 8,000 men but gained one of the most important fortresses in Europe, and the news of Luxembourg's capture quickly spread around Europe. Unwilling to carry on the fight, the Habsburgs and French concluded the Truce of Ratisbon in 1684, which allowed Louis to retain his gains in Strasbourg and Luxembourg in exchange for a 20-year peace. Luxembourg would remain under French occupation for the next 14 years. The biggest impact of Louis XIV's reign would be the military fortifications built up by Vauban, which surrounded the town, including for the first time its lower levels in the Alzette Valley, such as the districts of Pfaffenthal, Grund and Clausen. The heights from which it was so easy to bombard the town in modern-day Kirchberg were to be defended with forts as well. Now this work suggests that the French were determined to make Luxembourg theirs permanently. The Sun King, as Louis would come to be known, even visited the city in 1687, accompanied by the great French playwright Jean Racine. In accordance with Louis's centralising aims, the provincial estates that governed Luxembourg were swept away, and the duchy seemed to be on its way to full incorporation in the Kingdom of France. But then, you guessed it, more wars. In 1688, the Nine Years' War, otherwise known as the War of the League of Augsburg or the War of the Grand Alliance, broke out between France and basically the whole of Europe, apart from some Scots. Louis wanted to increase his realms, but over the course of the war he was beaten back by the Allied forces, and by 1697 all parties were desperate to end this bloody war, which had luckily largely passed Luxembourg by. Under the Treaty of Ryswick in 1697, the Duchy of Luxembourg was returned to the Spanish Habsburgs for all of three years, as in 1700 the terribly inbred Charles II of Spain finally died, leading to the War of the Spanish Succession. Luxembourg was immediately reoccupied by French forces in 1701, and the duchy would be once again ravaged by the stationing of troops there for the next ten years. With the end of the war in 1714, Luxembourg and the southern Netherlands would be transferred from the extinct Spanish Habsburgs to the Austrian branch of the family. The Spanish Habsburgs' rule in Luxembourg had been nothing but a disaster for the duchy, and for the family itself, as we will find out next week. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. This episode was written, adapted, and hosted by Thomas Tutton, produced by Martin Johnson, and brought to you by RTL Today. Hello, Josh here with some corrections to the credits. This episode was written by Thomas Tutton and produced by Theodor Georgiev. That's it. Tom will be back next week with another episode.